This is episode seven of Love, Words, and Poetry. And the first poem I'll be reading was published in 1994 in July in the magazine Sisters Today. Emily in Amherst. She sang a wide silence that no one would read until she was caught by immortality. A thrush in the shrubbery planted by Puritans, she learned late that God too sings. This poem is a tribute to Emily Dickinson, arguably the greatest American poet who lived all her life from 1830 to 1886 in Amherst, Massachusetts, where the legacy of the Puritans was still felt and with which Dickinson often wrestled in her poetry. I learned after studying her work for a year in college as my junior poet, that her poetic voice is so strong that I had to allow a certain amount of time before trying to write my own verse or my poetry would sound like a very mediocre echo of hers. In these letters I first wrote, Dearest Wes, I felt really relieved at this question, partly because you made me feel comforted during the last dialogue, and also because you seemed so affectionate and touching during this presentation. And though at first I didn't know what to write about, thinking about how intense my feelings had been, made me realize, and I think you have told me outright, that you need me to listen to you the most when you are feeling insecure or worried or burdened or hurt. That used to, and sometimes still does, make me feel frightened because I've gotten so used to depending on you to carry all our emotional burdens. But I'm realizing that my very dependency and emotional selfishness reinforce your own emotional reserve, which I often complain about. Yet I'm always so thrilled when you are affectionate with me in public, as well as in private, but you should know that. Yet sometimes I get nervous about trying to really listen to you instead of having you listen to me. I worry that I don't listen enough, that I'm so busy sifting out trivia I don't want to hear, that I'll miss the really important things, or you'll give up trying to communicate about important things. But listening to you about what matters, your feelings, also makes me feel good and happy. Because then I feel needed, not just a burden for you to take care of. I really want to listen to your worries and concerns with my whole self, because I am all yours, me. And Wes wrote, Dear Vicki, I think you most need me to listen to you when you are trying to tell me your concerns about coping with and raising the children. I feel guilty that I often seem to belittle your concerns about them or just sort of mouth the same old platitudes. Sometimes I guess I feel resentful that you're paying so much attention to them and not enough to me. Other times I feel upset and angry that you seem to be acting childish and immature. On the other hand, it gives me a very warm feeling that you care so much for our girls, and I want to show you by listening 
how much I love them and you too. Love, Wes. These letters were a very early excursion into sharing feelings that were raw and negative at times. But by becoming vulnerable and risking this deeper communication, our eyes were open to another layer of reality that we hadn't encountered in the other. And as we listened with our hearts and not just our heads and accepted the other's feelings and experienced the other's acceptance, we also grew in our love for each other. My closing poem was published in the April-June 1994 edition of Oasis. It's a reflection on my favorite Shakespeare tragedy, Hamlet, and on the final scene between Horatio, Hamlet's friend, and Fortinbras, Prince of Norway, who enters a scene littered with the bodies of most of the major characters and replies to Horatio's comment, if aught of woe or wonder cease your search, with his stunned reply. This quarry cries on havoc. O proud death, what feast is toward in thine eternal cell that thou so many princes at a shot so bloodily hast struck? My poem ponders the aftermath. Act six. We cannot strike the set while Horatio stands among the dead, innocent and stunned as Fortinbras, wading through state affairs as if they were so many bloody bodies after battle. Tomorrow they breakfast alone, away from the lights, while the slow leak of time fades all final scenes into a distant continuum. May the ordinary joys of daily life fill your heart with love, words, and poetry. <laughs>